0: Hey, y'all welcome to adventures with aggie today we have with us bolu akinyore he was born in nigeria and then moved to the u.s he played at the new york red bulls academy went to seton hall university and has played at many different usl teams but has found himself in birmingham alabama playing for the legion fc so now let's welcome bolu hey bolu how are you doing
1: i'm good i'm good how are you
0: i'm good i'm so happy you're here So I kind of want to go through your soccer story and have you walk us through all the places that you've played so far, the move to the United States, and then talk about what you're doing now. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah, that sounds fine.
0: Awesome. Um, Okay, let's start at the beginning. So can you tell us, like, some of your earliest memories playing soccer?
1: Um, Just... Every, every cliche, I guess, like African story, you could think of uh, playing in the streets, playing with no shoes on, um, getting yelled at by my mom a lot because I would get hurt a ton. <laughs> but yeah, everything, it was just fun. It was just, that was, that was the way to meet friends, the way to connect to people. It's just, it was just something that was so, that just brought everyone together. It's a huge part of the Nigerian culture. So it was just, that's all I remember really. My youth in Nigeria was playing soccer with, with my siblings and just people, everyone.
0: That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, how about, was there like a time when you're playing soccer as a kid when you realized like this was your sport and this is what you wanted to continue doing?
1: Um, so I mean, the thing about it in Nigeria, soccer is like, it's a bit different now because basketball is trying to take off a little bit more, but soccer is like the only sport. So you don't really have a choice, you know, versus America where a lot of my friends played multiple sports. And they, as they got older, they figured, OK, yeah, I'm a little better at soccer than baseball. I'm a little better at soccer than football. And, and one, in that direction for for us, it was just like you're either good at soccer or you're not good at sports. Right. <laughs> like nothing else <laughs> mattered. So for me, like playing as a kid, it was it was only strictly only soccer.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I I can't say the same, but I'm so glad it worked out for you. (laughs) (laughs) I played about one season of soccer. I don't think I touched the ball one time, and (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) So now (laughs) here we are.
1: (laughs) That's okay, though. That's okay. I would say that for every other sport, I'm really, really bad. So it shows. (laughs) I'm glad you found the one
0: that works for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Great. (laughs) For sure. Cool. Um, Okay, so what about when did you move to the United States, and how was that adjustment?
1: So I moved to the U.S. right before my 10th birthday um, in 2004, I believe. Uh, so right, right, my ninth, right uh, I would say like a month, a little over a month before my 10th birthday. Um, it was a big adjustment. It was definitely a massive adjustment. I think the biggest thing that jumps out at me was the weather because we moved to New York. We moved in April, which is a spring. And now it's like not that cold to me. But back then, like I'd never experienced weather under 85, 90 degrees, you know, and here I am coming to New York and it's. 45 50 degrees that was freezing freezing um that was the biggest adjustment just like everything uh Speaking with a different accent than most kids, just like the city and how quick it was and how bright it was and how different everything was and how, how people, people were. It's a different culture. It's a lot of things you have to adjust to. But luckily, my mom had been in the States uh, prior to me. So she was a big part, big part, massive part of my life in general. But she helped us adjust so much more, so much faster and so much quicker because she knew a lot of things. And she was always there for us to guide us and help us.
0: I love that. That's really nice that she was here to help with the adjustment, too. Yeah, That's so good. Um, so how did you find Red Bulls? That was the first team that you played with, right?
1: It was the first team. So I started in their academy. Uh, I was. It was actually a funny story because my uncle bought me and my older brother a laptop and me and my older brother like did everything together growing up. Uh, he's the reason why I started playing soccer, honestly. Um, oh. So we had the laptop and we we're just kind of going on it, like messing around with the laptop. And we found this ad. And on the ad it was just a random ad, it was like a pop up ad. Usually you just exit out and it said like, Oh, New York Red Bull, like trial for the academy. And we kinda of looked at each other and we were like, Wait, what's that? you know, like everyone knew they drink Red Bull so pop up. We're like, All right, might as well go and give it a shot. So here we are now.
0: That's crazy. Sometimes pop-up ads work, I guess.
1: All Right? (laughs) I never turned a pop-up ad off
0: my laptop (laughs) since then. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's go a couple years later, I guess. Um, What drew you to Seton Hall?
1: So... It was, you know, actually it was one of my first visits uh, when I was deciding where I went to go to school and I just, I fell in love with the campus. Um, and another big part was the coach that recruited me at the time, Manny many Shellshite. He would help out with our academy. His grandson played on my team. So I developed a relationship with them uh, I formed a relationship with them And I loved the campus. I had a really good visit. I loved the guys on the team. Uh, that was one and another thing it was so close to home Uh, the proximity was a big deal for me because I'm really close to my family Um, and at the time I just didn't feel ready to move so far away from home right like I could get on a train 30 minutes and boom I'm home 45 minutes at the latest so I think I think those were the those are the key factors in me choosing Seton Hall
0: that's awesome can you so after Seton Hall happened can you walk us through the different teams that you've played for and like where you are now
1: all right, So my senior year, I finished up my senior year. I went to Charles with a bunch of different teams and Red Bull announced that they were having Red Bull too. So I had a semester left because the season usually starts in about March. Preseason season starts end of January, February. So if I went anywhere else, I would have had to not finish school, uh, not get my degree at the time or finish my last six classes. And my mom was not going to allow that because <laughs> uh, a uh, education is a big thing in my family. So, Uh, I decided Red Bull was was the best option for me. It was coaches I was comfortable with. I knew them. So I went into preseason with them while taking um, six classes and trying to finish up school, which was tough, but it worked out. Um, Signed on with them. I played my first year with them. Uh, Went well, but I got released after my first season, um, which I was not expecting. But um, I think I look back on that now, and it helped me me to grow so much more as as a person, as a player. Um, It's something I really needed at the time. But back then, that's not what I was feeling. You know, it's, 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 it's a bit different. Um, and then from there, I went to Bethlehem Steel, which is a Philly Union's USL team. Played there for a year, and things went well. Um, I was supposed to come back for the second year, but I kind of wanted to move in a direction, a different direction in the club. Um, so we kind of reached an agreement. Then I got transferred to North Carolina. Played there for a year, which I actually loved. I loved the city rally. I met some of my like, closest friends uh, there, and it was a great year. But the league NASL, which is different than the USL folded after that year. So I became a free agent. I was able to explore my options and got a call from the guys at Nashville and they, they were building something special and like kind of moving towards MLS. So I took my chances and I went there. I played there for two years and MLS didn't quite happen for me there. Um, but nonetheless, love Nashville. had a great time there. I loved the fan base. It was really good two years for me. And then I'm here now at Birmingham. So that's kind of, kind of like my story. I, been all over the place honestly.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. You have been all over the place. Talk about different climates too. You were playing everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Prefer well, I definitely prefer the hot though. I like oh, the yeah? south. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's that's not a common answer I don't think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I I've, I've grown fond of the south. Initially growing up in New York uh you you have this kind of skewed vision of the South that you just think it's a country and uh, it's whatever. I don't want to go there. I love the city. And I think the more and more I've been in the South, I just enjoy it. Uh, I think it's so much more peaceful. Um, I like the weather. I like, I like the heat cause that's what I grew up in. Um, right. And it's just, it's a change of pace that I think I needed. Uh, so I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed every city I've lived in the South so far.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I did the opposite of you. I was raised here and then moved up to New York and now I'm back. Oh really? Yeah, back for the pandemic. But we'll see. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be back in New York in a few weeks, months, maybe. Yeah.
1: What part of New York?
0: Um I go to NYU. Most of us all go to NYU actually. Oh really? That's
1: awesome. That's awesome.
0: Most of us do. (laughs) But um yeah, so we live in Greenwich Village. It's fun. Oh look, we got an NYU shirt. That's fun. Um. that's
1: nice. Oh, you guys live in Greenwich. Oh, that's so cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so I did the complete opposite of you. I lived yeah. there, and now I'm back, but hope to be going back soon. Yeah. Um, so, how has the experience been with the Legion so far? I know it obviously hasn't been like a typical season, but um, yeah. yeah, how's it been for you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been unique with everything that's going on. I, I mean, I think everyone will say everything that's going on right now is unique, but. It's been good, honestly. It was really welcoming. Um, I got along really well with the players right away, and the fans have been embracing, and they've been supportive. And, like, our first preseason match when we played Atlanta was awesome. Uh, the turnout was good. The atmosphere was great. Um, played quite well. So I think I think they're building something special here um, in the second year. So I'm I'm just so excited to be here, and I'm glad we're having a season, and I'm glad we're, we're going to get to kick this off. So
0: That's awesome. I'm excited you're here, too. Um, so you kind of touched on, like, hopping around everywhere and you've played at lots of different teams. Um, so how was the adjustment like with the personalities like just trying to mesh into all the different teams that you moved around to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm someone who's moved around a lot in my life. Uh, obviously coming from Nigeria here and college and everything and all that madness. So uh, it's just it's almost the same thing, right? Like, I feel like when you get it's every locker room and you kind of get to niche and see who who does what, where, and and you you figure it out, and you and you get to hang out um, with guys. And the great thing with soccer is you, you're so diverse. So you, you get guys from all over all over the place. We have uh, Daigo who's Japanese, Bruno who's Brazilian. We have guys from Ghana. We have different guys from different parts of the states. Um, so that's cool. You know what I mean? You get to meet different guys, and you get to meet different guys of different ages as well. Like guys with kids, guys who are just coming out of college, guys like myself who are a bit like out of college, but old but don't want to call themselves old you know kind of thing so um it's definitely been cool I think with every locker room you walk into it's different um it's a different vibe but this one's been good for sure
0: love to hear that I'm excited for you um so I guess let's talk about the other side of that like how do you see this style of play like style of coaching and training and stuff was that hard to get acclimated to each time you moved
1: yeah for sure I mean different coaches different coaches want different things um but the good part about it is at this level, most coaches have an idea of what kind of player you are and what you bring to the team. So they wouldn't just bring you to the team knowing you, you don't fit their system or fit, fit their style of play. So you might be asked to tweak a little, a couple of things about your game. For I think, But I think for the most part, they know your skill set and what you're bringing in. And it's more about them looking at you and knowing, OK, Bolo does this well. Um, this guy does this well let's fit them together and this looks really good so coming in they kind of have an idea for you which makes your job easier it makes their job easier so I think I found that but obviously different coaches have different um, techniques some guys yell a lot some guys not so much so it's just kind of figuring these like little nuance nuances and making it work
0: that's great that's great um, so how about Soccer in the U.S. versus Nigeria, right? I'm sure you're always <laughs> watching the team. Um, yeah. What kind of differences do you see there?
1: Um, I think this is a question I get a lot, actually, and I'm I love Nigeria. I love Nigerian soccer. Uh, it's been a big part of me. Um, I think there's definitely more raw talent in Nigeria because. Um, that obviously the resources in the U.S. are second to none in terms of uh, facilities and coaches and just nice. structure in general. So I think Nigeria struggles a little bit with that. But in terms of talent, I mean, there's a lot a lot of talent in Nigeria. Um, there's also a lot of talent here. And you see it with, with guys in the different directions they're going and being able to play at high level in Europe and, and, and top leagues and stuff. So um, it's different in a sense, but I think there's definitely talent in both in both areas.
0: It's great. What about the fan culture? Because I know like people in Nigeria are very loyal to their team and oh, yeah. like here with soccer, not being the top sport, always like for mm-hmm. every American, everybody chooses their sports. Right. And it might not be. Soccer. Right. Right. Um, so I guess, how does that compare to the U S and like, I guess in positive and negative ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a positive way, I think it becomes in the U.S. I think soccer just becomes like, this fun thing, right? Like you go, whenever you get the chance to go, you go with your your, your friends, your family, you kind of have a, a beer or two, you hang out, you watch the game and that's it, right? Whereby in Nigeria, it's very, very passionate. It becomes more than that, And like I'm saying, the results of these teams and national teams shapes people's days, right? Like it's a big, big deal. There's a lot, definitely a lot more passion because there's not other sports to choose from. So everyone's fixated on soccer and how well the national team does. And, and I mean, people would joke around like no crimes happen when, when the national team's playing because everyone's at a house watching a game, right? Um, in America, it's, it's not the same because there's different sports. I think you see a bit of that with football, uh, especially definitely college football um you see that for sure and, and how loyal people are how crazy they are but i think the different the main difference is just, there's more options in the us in terms of sports so people grew up watching multiple sports versus nigeria where there's only one sport so you can imagine everyone's 100 percent loyalty goes to this one sport and making sure that they're there to support and give everything to
0: their club sure yeah you mentioned basketball is increasing in popularity there how do you mm-hmm. see that affecting soccer
1: um I don't know. I don't think how much it affected just because soccer is so ingrained in the culture. But I do think you get a lot more athletes who are now starting to transition into basketball, right? Like everyone plays soccer. Even if you see a seven-foot African guy who's in the NBA, he played soccer at some point in his life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always going to be the case. But I do think, I do think basketball, basketball is good because we have a lot of different athletes who probably don't have the skill set for soccer, but now they can play basketball, which is awesome.
0: Right, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so just two more from me, and then we'll open it to everybody else if y'all want to jump in. Um, So I always like to ask athletes, do you have a mentor or somebody that you looked up to as you were like when you're playing as a kid? Um, And who's that person? And why? Oh, my older brother,
1: for sure. Um, It's not even close. I mean, I know you hear a lot of guys mention different big-time athletes but for me it was my older brother because it was so practical right like everything he did and the, the way he was uh the way he treated his body how disciplined he was how always incredibly in shape he was and just the way he saw the game and he was very intelligent i think that gave me Um, a tremendous, tremendous kind of education of soccer and just life in general. I mean, till this day, like after every single game, I'm on the phone with him. You know, he's telling me what I did well, what I did bad, and what I can improve on. So for me, it was always him, and he was always right there. And I I think it's it's, it's cool to be able to have someone like that for me. And I think every time I play like he's someone that I definitely – Think about, you know, obviously we have the same last name. So I think that I'm playing more for more for all of us and like my whole family because he's always been there for me. He's always helped me out so much.
0: That's so nice. And I'm sure having your mentor in the family, that means they're brutally honest, right?
1: Oh yeah. They're almost too honest. <laughs> almost too honest sometimes. I'm like, all right, relax. I know I played bad. You don't have to you don't have to get it to me right now.
0: <laughs> That's good and bad. Yeah. Um, Cool. So um, last one from me. Do you have somebody that you model your play after? Like somebody that you grew up with? I guess maybe your brother in this case.
1: Um, no, actually me and my brother are quite different kind of players, okay. like different body types. Uh, but professionally, I think right now, I would say uh, Nemanja Matic, he plays for Manchester United, um, kind of same high, he's left footed as well. Um, so he, he's someone who I, how I look up to and I, I enjoy watching him play. And another guy, Wolfram Ndidi, who plays for Leicester, he's Nigerian as well. So I watch him. Um, and John O'B. Mikel growing up was, a, I was a big fan of his game. And I think I modeled myself around him. Pogba's my favorite player. I'm not going to say Pogba because he's <laughs> just way too skillful. I don't think I'm that skillful, but yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, I always like to ask favorite player too. So I'm glad you answered that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay great um let's jump into everybody else um tian do you want to go first
2: thanks Aggie so uh, thank you so much for coming in today so i got really excited when you mentioned the manchester match because yeah. i am also a huge um united fan so oh same um, same same yeah so yeah. super proud super proud of ole for bringing in Odeon igalo and yeah. extending his contract so mm-hmm. Um, I just want to ask. So, um, in the US, we have I think we have Tim Howard, who I think was among the first goalkeepers to play in English Premier League, and then recently we got Christian Pulisic. So, and then when you look at Nigeria, we got John O.B. Michael who M- played M- for yeah. Chelsea, for, who played for Chelsea, and mm-hmm. also right now Oyemi Nikalo who plays for Man United. So, um, from like a country where soccer is, like, like you said no crimes happen with the national team play. How do you feel when like Nigerian players are now suiting up for the top clubs in Europe? Like how oh. does it, how does the country feel? Cause I don't think the U S it's like, Oh, cool. So he plays in England. Okay, cool. Soccer's mm-hmm. not really big, but I think for Nigeria that has to be like a really different attitude. Can you describe it to me a little bit?
1: Oh yeah, it's massive. It is massive. Um, it's just the the support is immense. Like, it's tremendous. Uh, the amount of, even, and people know that. Like, even my friends who are American, the amount of messages they sent me when Igalo signed for United, just because they know how much I support Nigerian players. And it's the same thing. Like, everyone gets behind them. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, J.J. Okocha. He played for Bolton back in the day. Uh, he's uh, like a... I think, I, was it, uh, so Bolton, was
2: it like 2005 or two thousand? Yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah. Yeah, I was a bit too small, like, at that point. So, I followed Ronaldo and Rudy, okay. like, the, the demi yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he played for Bolton, and we had a guy, Mark O'Connell, who played for Arsenal at the time. He was part of Invisibles. And like those guys got tremendous support and everyone gets behind them. And it's just such it's just a proud moment just because everyone everyone knows how much the sport means. And to see our players on like that national stage and that big stage and one of the most popular and entertaining leagues in the world. It's just it just brings incredible joy to the whole country.
0: That's awesome. I love it. I love it. David, you want to go next?
1: So I'm a big I'm a big American soccer fan. Uh, MLS recently announced the uh, Black Players for Change Coalition. Mm-hmm. uh and before the first game they had a um a big showing kind of um of of support for the black community in major league soccer uh
0: mm-hmm. what
1: do you think the importance of giving players of color in the league a voice is as a group yeah i think it's massive i think it's massive um uh, some definitely could have happened sooner, I probably would say in my opinion, but I, th- I think it's massive with everything that 's going on right now and everything that's been going on I think it's it 's a big deal to have players of color to have their platform uh, to be able to speak out on certain issues and address any inequalities that they feel isn't right within the league and pass in, in different communities they're in, uh, that they're in. so I definitely think it's a good step ahead um, hopefully this this platform brings brings along some change, so but I definitely think it's a positive step for sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's so important. And the showing was amazing. The, they did, it was really well done before the game. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was,
1: it was. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Isabel, you want to go? So obviously, you've talked about, you know, soccer being your favorite sport, basically playing it your whole entire life. Do you see yourself pursuing a career in maybe the front office in some sort of soccer team or league? after you retire from playing soccer because for me so I actually just graduated from NYU and I played soccer there and so my way to continue to stay connected to the sport is I want to work maybe in the USL or the MLS or in some sort of soccer capacity because that's my way for me to stay connected to the sport so do you see yourself working in soccer after you retire
1: I get this question I've gotten this quite often and my answer always shocks people and I always say no um, I don't I, I just see myself drifting away from the sport in a sense of being hands on because I don't know. I've always been someone who's played on the field and kind of focused on that and everything else separate that I did was, was, was kind of separate. So I think after maybe I'll feel different when I do retire. But as of right now, I don't see myself working in front office. Um, I don't see myself coaching. I just think I've given so much of my life to the sport um, and I have different ideas and things that, different things that I kind of want to pursue after my career. Um, so for me personally, I, I don't see myself doing that. But you never know. Life, life happens, right? Like you never know what direction may happen, what opportunities may come by after I retire. But as of right now, if I were to answer that question, I would say probably not.
0: What about your long term soccer goals? Like, Is there a team that you want to play for that you've been dreaming to play for since you were a kid?
1: I mean, Manchester United would be the big one, but <laughs> life doesn't work that way. Um, but no, I mean, I'm here now at Birmingham Legion. I think this is my biggest focus. Um, right. be, being someone who's moved around a lot, I'm just excited to get the season going um, and, and being here. I think this is, I want to win a championship with the Legion. You know, that would that, be awesome. I haven't won one in my career and what, what better time than now?
0: Yeah, me too. I would love to see that. Let's go <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen. But <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Tian, do you want to
2: go? Hi, uh, it's me again. So, <laughs> um, so I want to ask. So, you are. I see that you're wearing the hottest jersey of the twenty eighteen World Cup anywhere that got sold out almost immediately on Nike. So, um, is the national team part of your goals for the future, uh, like to be? to be able to play for, the, like, the Nigerian national team?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, that that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I, that would be, honestly, my biggest dream, um, to play for Nigeria and to represent Nigeria. Um, but I always look at it. I've been in the U.S. for so long now. I think... I've actually probably lived in the U.S. longer than I've lived in Nigeria, so that would be awesome, too, um, because it's such a big part of me. Uh, i lived there for so long, and it shaped so much more of me and helped develop my talent, helped helped me go to school and on all these different resources that I've been able to take advantage of. So I think either one would would be special to me. It just depends on whoever gives me a call, I guess.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Pedro, do you want to go?
2: I wanted to... um ask you because you brought up uh, Mikhail and Ndidi and yeah. yourself being a defensive mid do you think there's anything about the way uh, soccer's developed um, and taught in Nigeria that favors uh, defensive mids more and allows them to you know become big European stars
1: yeah no that's a good question I think I think the biggest thing would probably be honestly the body type um, I think most most nigerians we athletic taller stronger guys uh and technical so i think that fits well in the center of the park and i honestly feel like if you look at most countries most countries produce certain types of players right like brazilians you get the flare players the neymars the Romandinos, those kind of guys right and england you get great strikers guys who can strike the ball really well um i think each country based on Uh, their development and and body types and skill skill sets from a uh, younger generation, they wind up producing certain kind of players. And I think once you produce certain kind of players who are successful in those positions, the younger generation starts to model their game like those players, right? For me growing up, seeing Okocha and Mikel and like all these good midfielders play, it made me want to be a midfielder and made me want to model my game that way. So I think it just becomes this kind of like cycle, um, if that makes sense. Cool. Um, Maya, do you
0: want to jump in? Yeah, um, I'm not about to spit as many facts as TN can. <laughs> but <laughs> That's okay. um, I was going to ask, like, what is your mindset going into either a game or when you join a new team, especially um, when you're at like the professional status? Are you looking to learn anymore or are you looking to like play a perfect game or like be the perfect player? And has that ever, has your mindset like ever stopped you or impeded you in any way as you've seen like that transition?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is always to learn, right? Like you can always learn in whatever you do every single day. Um, and that's with soccer, right? And I've always had one of the best coaches that I've had told me when you stop learning, that's when your decline starts, right? No matter how, if if you lose, if your body is not as fast, and you're not as sharp anymore, you can constantly keep learning the game and finding different ways to make the game easier for you. Um, and I think this is something maybe I didn't, I didn't know as much when I was younger um, and my, my rookie year, you kind of ride the ups and downs in the, of the games, right? Like if you play a really good game, you're like, oh my God, I'm the best player ever. Like no one could touch me, right? If you play a bad game, you're like, oh my God, I'm the worst. Um, I think the biggest thing in the mindset is just kind of keeping a level head and taking all the lessons that you get from different games because different situations are going to present you with different things. And trying to, when you get to a new team, trying to pick up on things as quick as possible and learn the players around you and know, hey, this guy likes to do this when he gets the ball. So I got to do this to compliment him, right? And that makes you a better teammate and that makes you a better player in general. So I think it's just being quick with it because you don't get that much time in a professional ranks. Um, you, it, it's a short thing, right? If you don't play well right away off the bat, you, you kind of get pushed off and hope you get a second chance. So it's about doing it quick, having a level head and always looking to learn and communicate with your teammates because what they do affects you and what you do affects them. So that's
0: great. And a mindset everybody's talking about mindset right now and like mental health and things. So that's great to hear that you're thinking about it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, David, do you want to go?
1: Sure. Um, so I was wondering, uh, you, you've played in the second division, the USL, um, your whole career, mm-hmm. um, but there's no promotion relegation to MLS. Um, right. How does that affect team mentality towards the end of the season? And do you think that kind of hurts the long-term growth of soccer in America? In terms of team mentality, right, like everyone wants to win. This is why we play. And being in a second division, the goal is to win a championship. And you're going you're gonna to do everything you can in your power to win the championship. So from that perspective, I think, I think it's always good when, when there's a trophy in front of you. And I think that's the whole point. And in terms of development, I, I do think it's a bit tough. Um, in terms, it, it, cause you look at the world structure, it's all promotional regulation and, and it's not here. So it presents different challenges, um, and kind of different nuances, but do me personally, what would I want is different from what it, what, what is here right now. So, uh, that's pretty much all I can speak on, but I do think the challenge of putting out a team every single year and being a guy that's fighting to win a championship every single year presents a big challenge that players have to rise up to, um, and, and put yourself in that position. So if you get to the end of the season and you're not in position to win a championship, you're already thinking about next year. Hey, where can I go? What can I do better to make sure that we win a championship? Cause that's the biggest goal.
0: Tien, do you want to go?
2: Um, so what I want to ask is, so um, I think whenever, whenever I see soccer, whenever I watch soccer or like you know, whenever I see my friends, they all, they mainly only focus on basically the attackers, like yeah. you know the wings and the Strikers, and so I think, uh, like a lot of times, defensive midfielders got left behind, and so mm. they don't see a lot of things. So, um, if you can, you know, if you can say to all the fans watching soccer right now, why should they focus more on the defensive flight like on the defense midfielder? Because I think. Like without defense midfielders, there's no link between the back and the front. So what yeah. would be you know, how Like what would be your words to the fans to always just focus on oh, what's Ronaldo? Where's Messi? But nobody's right. paying attention to like Bolu or or Matic. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really good question, and I think the biggest for me, the way I've always looked at it, in my biased opinion, is that. Defensive, defensive midfielders are probably one of the most important pieces on the field. And you might not get as much glory and people might not notice you, but because your job is so important because you're playing both sides of the ball, right? You're helping defend and show the back four and you're the link between getting to attack and getting the ball to the Ronaldo, to the Messi's, and the guys who score the goals. And you might not not necessarily get all the assists or the glory in the world, but your job is super, super, super important because, every great team that you can think about have always had good defensive midfielders. The Barcelona team, that was one of the best in the world. Cedric Busquets was the guy who made them tick, right? Manchester United, you look at Paul Scholes, Keenan and all these guys, like, they made the game tick. So without that position, and I think every single position on the field is key and is very important, but being in the central of the park, I think it's a key position because you affect both sides of the ball so much and you control the tempo of the game. So without a guy like Sergio Busquets, Messi probably doesn't get the ball as much and he doesn't score as many goals, you know, granted not to take away from Messi's greatness, but I'm just saying uh, the effect that a defensive midfielder has on the game.
0: Great. Okay. So um, just to wrap up, I had two other things. Um, are you excited for the restart? I know it's been a while. Y'all play a week from today, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually have a scrimmage tomorrow against Chattanooga. Um, so I'm just excited for that. I'm excited to have outside competition and getting tired of kicking my teammates and kicking Bruno. (laughs) But yeah, I'm super, super excited. I'm super excited.
0: That's fun. Is there rivalry in the apartment?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because we actually play. So he plays, he's an attacking mid and I'm a defensive mid. So most times in training, either we play together or we're playing against each other. So there's definitely a rivalry in that competitive nature.
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay last thing i like to end on advice um so is there like a piece of advice you wish you could give your younger self
1: the biggest would be always believe in yourself always believe in yourself don't let anyone tell you otherwise uh keep that mindset and that mindset will take you far um and work hard work hard always always look to improve your game always look to improve your game and believe yourself believe in yourself is one thing if you put it in your head but if you don't practically go out there and put in hours on the field it means nothing right and if you work hard and you don't believe in yourself you can't you can't tell somebody else to believe in you right stupid so those are those are my two biggest things that i'll tell my younger self or any um athlete in any sport um honestly anyone in anything they're doing in life you always got to believe in yourself and you always got to work hard and and put in the practical work every single day.
0: I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Bolu, thank you so much. This has been great. We covered a lot of topics and a lot of yeah, yeah. parts of your story, <laughs> but this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Anytime. Thank you guys. Uh, I really appreciated it. Uh, thank you for all the questions and everything it was really insightful.
0: Stay tuned for more episodes on Adventures with Aggie coming next week.